0: Life's Uncertain Journey.
1: Well, that's our cue to get started. And welcome, everyone. Uh, I am so happy that you could join us tonight. Um, this is uh, Life's Uncertain Journeys weekly podcast. And as many of you may already know, it's always our plan to uh, try to. to engage in some real talk about the troubled times that we're living in uh but we're looking at things from a a biblical perspective uh thank god for cnn and all those folks but i can promise you they don't have as much information as our father does amen amen i am um nadie davis and i'm going to be your host and i have our fabulous co-host with us tonight alicia lockard say hey alicia
2: hey y'all (laughs)
1: And uh, it looks like we have uh, 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 quite a few that have joined us tonight, not only live on Zoom, but also uh, on our Facebook page. And we just want to say thank you for joining us tonight. Um, We are uh, uh, about to have a uh, conversation that centers around our children tonight. Um, This past week at our church, uh, we honored all of our graduates. And I'm pretty sure they probably did that in, in a lot of churches. But, um, and our elder had such a powerful and relevant message, not only for the, the youth, but parents alike. And, and for some reason, I just felt this burden in my spirit because many of our young children will be going off to college in the fall and into a world that they have no clue about. I mean, the things that can uh, that they are awaiting uh, can be just a little bit scary. So as I began to pray and I heard the spirit of the Lord say that, um, you know, as adults, uh, we go to great lengths to ensure our own personal growth and spiritual growth and development. And oftentimes we don't take that same level of care when it comes to the uh, spiritual development of our children. Uh, we turn them over to the Sunday school, and whatever goes on there happens, and sometimes we don't even follow up to see what they learned. But um, the Holy Spirit was just impressing my heart that we we cannot leave the children behind. because when Jesus comes and cracks that sky, I mean there's there's got to be an in- assurance in our hearts that our children are gonna be in that number when we go up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted us to have this conversation tonight. And I'm thankful that I think everybody everybody on uh, tonight is a mama. And so that means we should be able to have some real relevant conversation tonight, real uh, active conversation tonight. So thank you all for, for joining us and so, um, I've spoken to uh, a few people who I hope will be able to join us tonight to help engage in this conversation as we seek God's face together uh, on behalf of our children. Hey, Tamara. Um, good to see you, darling. My uh, mom
3: will be here in a minute.
1: Okay, that'll be great. So, um, also, I just wanted to let you know that we set aside the first Tuesday of every month as Testimony Tuesday. And what we do is we we have one of our team members to come and share their personal testimony, in hopes of encouraging others. You know, Revelation twelve eleven says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, which has already been provided, and by mm-hmm. the word of our testimony. And unfortunately, in our day, testimonies are rare. But we're gonna uh, have. Um, Carmen Murray. She is the executive director of the Women Who Overcome Ministry. She's my spiritual daughter in Christ. She's a mama, and she's a disciple maker. And she's going to share her testimony with us um, also. But before we get started, I'm going to ask Sister Paulette, who so graciously uh, agreed to come on and uh, open our prayer time on our podcast. And uh, thanks so much, Paulette, for joining us tonight. And then Johnny told her, he said, if you do that, I'll back you up. (laughs) So we're going to ask her if she would just please pray over our broadcast, our podcast tonight, please, Paulette. You got to turn your mic on. You got it? Your mic is off.
4: Please forgive me for that.
1: That's okay. I do it all the time, don't (laughs) I, Cheryl? Just forgive me.
4: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, this is the day, Lord, that you have given us, Lord. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, we're glad because you are not through with us yet.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, we're
4: glad because you have given us another day, Lord, to make our election and our calling sure. Thank you Father. Father God, another day just to say thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for saving our soul, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I thank you for this broadcast, Lord, that Amen. has been dedicated to you and for your glory.
1: Thank you, Lord.
4: God, thank you, Lord, for continually, Lord, guiding all of us, Lord, through life's uncertain journeys. Yes. God, because we don't know what's ahead of us. Mm -hmm. God, but we trust you, Lord, just to order our steps. Yes, Lord. Father God, I know that people are in different seasons in their life. God, some on the mountaintops, but there are some that's in the valley, too. Yes, Lord. But regardless of where we are on this journey, God, you are with us. And Father God, when we're in the valley, Father, help us not to be so quick to say, oh, the God, he can't do it without your permission. Amen. Father God, you can use that, Lord. God, just to build us up. So Father God, we thank you that we just put our trust in you, God. God, wherever we are on our journey. God, we know that you are leading and guiding us. Mm-hmm. God, and taking us from glory to glory. Yes, Lord. Father, God, I pray that you give everybody that's on the line tonight ears to hear what the spirit has to say. Right. Father, God, let them get that uh, uh, phrase, that word, God, that can help in their growth. God, I thank you for everything, Lord, that will be said and done
1: in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so very much, Sister Paulette. really appreciate that word. And um, so um, I do want to, before we get started, just share a couple of things with you, especially for those that may be joining us for the first time, Uh, just to let you know that my, uh, my husband and I oversee charlotte christian fellowship and every thursday we also have another uh podcast called new beginnings and we're going through a verse-by-verse uh study of the book of romans so if any of you have a desire to join us just uh go to charlottechristianfellowship.org on the internet on our webpage and you'll find a link there to be so that you can join us and we meet every thursday at seven o'clock p.m so now i'm going to um ask Carmen to share with us I'm I'm excited um, to have her to give her uh, share a brief testimony with us tonight about her encounter with the Lord Uh, when my husband and I moved here from Maryland we moved right next door to her and uh, you know that that was a God assignment Mm. we both both agreed to that but um, I personally uh, been able to watch God do miracles in this young woman's life and And I bear witness to the wonderful changes that he's done in her life, the things that he uh, continues to do in her life and how she responded uh, to the gospel message, to discipleship and began producing fruit. Mm -hmm. And now she is a disciple maker. So I'm Mm -hmm. very honored to have her share with us tonight, Carmen.
5: I am here. You know, when you when I saw Paulette, I was like,
1: another Naomi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
5: another, I mean, that's one thing I could say, um, you know, when Ms. Nadine and Johnny moved next door, I didn't even know that guy was producing Naomi's. And then there was Ms. Jan and then there was Paulette and oh, just so many that I met, you know, in Still Creek and um, just walking, having a disciple, um an accountability partner a mom um in nadine it was just that was a blessing that was everything that i needed but um mom you had three questions that you were going to ask me yes First,
1: <laughs> she knows she knows uh, well, most, 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 of the, most of the girls on the team they know i need help <laughs> absolutely so uh, yeah I, I wanted to ask you um uh, if you would just share a little bit about what your life was like before you came to yeah. know.
5: I, I will. I will. I was kidding with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as an
5: adolescent, I was lost. Um, I grew up in a, a volatile household. Um, my mom, my stepdad, you know, a lot of violence. Um, my mom, you know, ra- tried to raise us as Jehovah's Witnesses. So, that's the only exposure I had to a God. Um, my father was an elder, my biological father was an elder. And um, before I was born, he had to make a choice between his wife and my mother because I was born, um, me and my sister were a product of a um, an affair. And so he had to make a choice between his family and his children, and his other children. And so he chose, of course, his family. Um, So that started, you know, my life. Um, I was nine months, started having seizures. So I was in the hospital a lot, had to um, start kindergarten late. Um, So just, you know, just a lot, you know, just from nine months on. Mm -hmm. But I think the, 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 how I was raised um, in that, that environment, my sister tried to protect me as much as she could. And I think as we, I grew up as an adolescent. I tried so much to find a way out. Um, I was an overachiever. So I always did something in school. I didn't want to come home. So when I did have to come home, I was always sad. Um, then there was times where, um, cause I was a cheerleader, I was on track star, I was a tennis player, but then I got into boys. Um, Because I did not have that father figure. I wanted love. I wanted identity. I wanted um, to be held. Um, But then you get hurt. Um, And that hurt was something that I didn't understand. And I didn't have anybody to walk with me. Um, Several uh, suicide attempts. Before the suicide attempts, um, I was drinking early probably like 14 years old, I think it, I started. Me and my girlfriends, you know, drinking vodka and Hawaiian punch, that's what I remember, um, cutting, um, anything I could do to, to make the pain stop, mm. the pain stop,
6: yeah.
5: um, just keep going. And that was just, just as a teenager, graduated from high school, two years later became a wife and a mother still not knowing who I was, still still trying to find identity in them, in my children, in my husband, in my family, still not knowing who I was, just running around numb, not knowing anything. Um, Again, suicide attempts. Um, I was a victim of domestic violence with my husband because you're gonna learn that. You're either gonna be an abuser or be abused. So I was the one that was being abused never told my mother, never told my family. So I was isolated from my family for about three years, um, dealing with that, with my children. Um, I was um, put in a hospital um, for about two weeks before he came and got me out, trying to escape. You know, I was some way I was trying to get out of there. And finally I just spoke up and told my mother and um, she came and got me and the kids. I say all of that to say, I didn't know God at that time. I didn't know that He was watching over me, even then. Mm-hmm. There were so many times I tried to just leave this this whole world, and even after I had my kids, uh, I, it didn't matter. I just hurt that bad on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. After I met, I met Nadine. Um, you know, I at twenty one, I stopped going to you know the Kingdom Hall. I did um, accept Christianity, but it was just going to church. You know, I didn't know anything about the gospel. It was just, you go to church, you stand up, you give your week's testimony, you know, what happened good that, that week, go home and do the same thing. You didn't tell anybody about everything that you were going through. Um, and Nadine taught me about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I was just like, so I don't have to do this by myself. I don't have to do this at all. That was the biggest thing that I realized was like, every time I, I would bring something to her, especially when I came with a feeling, I always told mom, I was like, you know, you're tough. And she was like, I'm not being tough. <laughs> she it was love and I knew that, but it made me realize that I don't have to do this. Every, every time I was like, well, this is how I feel sometimes. She's like, no, stop with that feeling stuff. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> And she would take me to the word of God. And she just showed me what Jesus did for me, how he died. And when he died, my old self died. And when he resurrected, my new self resurrected. And I was just like, when I resurrected with him and I repented for all the stuff that I did, I was a new creation. And I saw that in me. I felt it and I still feel it. And I live it. It's a it's a lifestyle. Yeah. And it feels good. It feels like, I don't know, it's the song that it says it's new like Sunday morning. I don't know who sings that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you want to sing every day. Um, I used it's so funny now because I used to be scared of birds I had this incident with with birds now I go back on my patio and I look at the birds because I know they're God's creation and I try to figure out what bird is what and I look to them <laughs> that is what you feel when you're walking with Christ um, oh, yeah. I can't say enough about how many times he saved me every time I wake up in the morning I say thank you another day
4: yeah
5: another day. um but there was a time, uh, five. What, this is 2021, six years ago, six years ago. So I'm still, you know, a baby in Christ. Um, the devil was after me. You know, he was, you know, I'm taking anxiety medicine. I'm taking depression medicine. And he was like, oh, so now you're, you're chasing, you're chasing God. So, you know, why do you want to, you know, why you need these medicines? Why do you need this medication? So I said, I don't need them, you know, God is everything to me, mind games, right? So I stopped taking medicine for a minute, but I still had the pills in my, you know, in my um, cabinet. And I was, I just got married, um, not even four months, I think. And I don't remember all I remember is darkness. And now, and I hear these stories and, and actually David and I had this conversation just yesterday. He said, Carmen, I don't know what happened. He said, the night before we had this beautiful conversation, he said, the morning of, he said, I found you on the floor. He said, I found my wife on the floor with a knife in her hand. And I don't know what happened. And I can't tell you what happened. All I remember is it was very dark. Um, I don't remember writing a suicide note to my children and all the attempts that I have made, I have never written a suicide note. This time I wrote a suicide note. I don't remember writing a note to my children, telling them I love them, but it was time for me to leave. I don't remember that. I don't remember the, the, the markings on my arm that are still there to this day. Um, it was just dark. That's all I remember. It was just dark. And then I saw this light and this lifting, like it was just like a, like a lifting of all this burden that was in heaviness that was on me that I don't even realize to this day where it came from. I know where it came from, but that quickly it just got there. And how I just looked up and I just saw like this big old light it was just a bunch of light it was real bright and I was just like okay I, I, I'm tired I'm just so tired I just remember saying I'm tired of this. I can't do this and I released it I said I can't do this I can't try anymore I was still trying to do it on my own I was still trying to walk this walk trying to please everybody else except for him I was trying to still do it my way and still serve God. And, and you can't do both. That's right. You can't. And I'm here to say, I survived all of that. And now he uses these marks um, to help me, t- you know, give my testimony. I have talked to young girls. is my passion, you know, um, teenage girls, because I walked through that. I started as an adolescent that have gone through the same thing I've gone through. Um, and this Holy Spirit will talk to me. He It always brings the girls to me that have gone through the same thing that are cutting themselves. Yes. And you know the conversations that we have and, and typically it's the family that's breaking them. And my message to them is, your family doesn't identify you. Jesus yeah. identifies you yes yes Jesus identifies you because if you continue to find look for peace look for joy look for confirmation in anybody else your family yes, yeah. friends your husband even your parents um they're gonna let you down and that's what the cutting comes in. That's when the the, the depression they they don't want to leave the room comes in, um, and that's how the conversation starts. So, that was my encounter, and and now my walk is God. What do you want me to do today? And let me get in your way. <laughs> don't let me get in your way, <laughs> Lord. Don't let me get in your way. I don't make a decision without His His permission. If I don't hear from Him, I don't move at Amen. all. I don't move at all. <laughs> I'm <so> nice. trouble. <laughs> That's, I know, darling. And, Mom, I just, I can't say enough about just being obedient. Um, and God has, I will tell you, we have stories after story after story of how God has just purposely linked us together. I've never, ever. I mean just to see God work through her and then work through me and he confirms thing in our spirit
7: and
5: yeah you know two different t- sides of, the, of Charlotte and we'll pick up the phone and I'm just like God you know you just told me what she just said right you know <laughs> it's just it's just that mm-hmm. that kind of spirit um and it's yeah. I've never had that relationship and I just you know, I love it. And I just can't wait to see what, what God is going to continue to do.
1: Absolutely. And I'm, I'm the same way. I really am. And God has to get all the glory because yes. if I don't know, if I don't know anything, I know this. God loves his children. Yes. Amen. You Amen. See? And, and we oftentimes fumble at our efforts to try to love each other, you know, and sometimes it doesn't come out too well. But our father, he knows where to find us. And as a matter of fact, we, in our conversations, Carmen's life and my life ran congruent to one another. I mean, we had some of the same situation. So God put that together. He was the one Amen. who directed us to move right next door to her. Yeah. And all that transpired after that. And um, I forgot what year it was. God even gave us the uh, privilege of, baptizing her and watching her yeah. grow and and i'm just yeah. i'm just thankful to god for you carmen and what our, all god is doing in your life and how you are allowing god to use your life to be this do the same thing with other young women so they'll be telling you the same thing glory to god
6: amen, amen. that's who amen. the
1: glory goes to, all glory to god. Thank, awesome you testimony. God. thank you,
4: yeah. thank, glory you to god. God.
1: thank you thank you thank you all righty so um I wanted us to, um, consider, uh, i sent out a survey, uh, to some of you, some of you may have responded to it, but, uh, just to kind of get, a uh, an idea where, you know, everyday folk was with it, dealing with, uh, their children, raising a godly child in a wicked world. And so I wanted to share with you the results of the surveys that, that came in and, um, of the survey answers received that were regarding uh, godly children, question one was, do you believe today's youth are prepared to face this wicked fallen world? 27.3% said yes. And 72.7% said no. Question two, How confident are you in your child or your children's faith and love for God? And the responses were uh, 45.5% were unsure, 18.2% were somewhat confident, and then 36.4% were actually confident in their child's faith and love for God. Mm-hmm. And then when um, when I was asked about the uh, some of the struggles that some parents were experiencing uh, raising godly children, um, you know there were varying uh, things that people said. But some of the things that I know I remember reading I had to do with uh, dealing with social media. Uh, in many cases, our children have come, become addicted to social media, yes. and uh, yes. there have been instances and in news reports about some parents who have taken their, um, take you know, punished their child by taking their phone, and I know personally of two cases. One case is where one, one child went to school the next day and told the authorities that his mom locked him in a closet and would not feed him. Mm-hmm. And she actually lost her kids. Oh, wow, That's right. just how angry he was overtaking his phone. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And in another case, there was this uh, young boy, mom did the same thing, took his phone because he was sexting over the phone. He stole her car and, and drove down her street and hit every car on on their side of the street with her car, so mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just diabolical the kinds of things that we see happening uh, in our world today. Uh, there were those who, you know, shared that you know when the kids are little they're pliable you can do a, a little bit more with them, but when they start to uh, to getting up in age, going to high school, junior high school, I remember my aunt used to tell me she had a, a phrase she said, "What you you smelling yourself, huh?" You know, I thought I was, you know, I'm becoming a young woman now. So I was a different walk, different talk and all that kind of stuff. And she would put me in my place. But, uh, but that's when things begin to get a little, little salty, you know, about uh, how they approach life and how they respond to things Mm. that are going on that, you know, around them. So, um, I really do appreciate all those who were able to share with us and give us some of that feedback, but, um, I know that uh, what I wanted to do was discuss with you all some of the uh, revelations that God may have deposited in your life as moms about how do we circumvent Satan's carrying our children off. And um, I know that I, I had an opportunity to talk with my granddaughters uh, two of them—they're going to be on next week, uh, just to share their heart about, you know, the problems that they see and why none of them want to come to church. Why no, none of the young kids want to be involved in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Have uh, you know they've gone to burning sage and crystals mm-hmm. and all the kinds of things that we never would have thought of in our day. But uh, at the at the uh, core of what we see is the fact that they did not feel loved in the church. Mm-hmm. Everybody was so busy doing everything really? that the adults were trying to, you know, their programs and breakfasts and all these other kinds of things mm-hmm. did not include them. Mm-hmm. Okay, This is from my, my granddaughter's mouth. She said, she said, Grammy, you know, at our church, she said, we have uh, any, when adults join the church, Everybody gets excited and they go into a new members class and and all that stuff. But when a child gave their life to Christ, it was just that's just it. Yay, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, that, that was oh. nice. Pat you on your head, kind of a thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so anyway, we'll, we'll we'll get to hear some of their concerns next week. But mm-hmm. um, just wanted to hear from some of you. What what have you discerned to be? The greatest disconnect for uh, being able to raise godly children, especially in the environment that we live in.
8: This is Cheryl, Nadine. I'll go. Mm
1: -hmm.
8: So um, I think when, for me, it was busy, I became so busy um, with life. And so um, we went to church when the kids were much younger, we went to church, I served as Sunday school teacher, I was involved, and then um, I, we moved, we came to North Carolina, and life became hectic, by this time the kids were in high school. So it's a different kind of way how you introduce your kids to a new new setting, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to find a new church. Well, we don't really, we couldn't find the right church. And so the longer we stayed outside of church, the harder it was to get the kids involved because they were doing um, their activities, the home life. So they're, they're teenagers. They want to do what they want to do. I'm getting off work, cooking dinner. My husband's coming home, doing whatever. We're there, it wasn't a priority in our home life mm-hmm. to sit down and really um, right. daily have those conversations about God's word, about living, right? Because you can read the Bible, but how do you live it? And, and those, w- we missed the mark on that. Um, and then we send them off to college, right? Lord knows. Yep. They're all they're exposed to a whole lot of stuff then, and um, it, it you know they just they went on a path. Uh, but luckily, I, I think when I truly believe that the scripture, when when you when you put something when when the Lord has has touched a child's heart and and there's and there's because God loves our children first and foremost. Yes. He loves them yes. much more than we could ever love. Much them. that's right. And so he pursues after them. Even if you as the mama, you messing up, you're not doing what you need to do. He's mm-hmm. still gonna pursue your child. Yeah. And, and, and as I was watching my children and some of the things that they were getting themselves into, I'm them like, Lord, what is going on? And he just had to sit me down and say, Cheryl, you know, y'all, y'all missed the mark. And um, so we had the conversations. We talk about God. And I tell him that he loves them. And I tell him that I love them, but there's a better way in which to live life. My daughter, she decided for herself, because at a certain point, you can't hold their hand and make them do what you want them to do. It, it was a decision for herself that she wanted to to study God's word and to learn about God on a personal level. And she's pursued that. And she's just so beautifully versed in her spirit. is so. Mm-hmm. You, she just loves the Lord so much. My son, oh, on God. the other hand, he's one who wants to... Figure it out on his own, mom. Don't be don't be shoving it down my throat. Don't be shoving it down my throat. So I'm like, okay, let me figure out a way to, to let him know that God loves him and that God is seeking to have a relationship with him. Yes. But I have to use what, what um, influence that God has given me as a mother. And then I need to model certain behavior. I need to model and walk yes. out my feet. Right, I can't just keep saying you need to do, you need to do. I have to be a living example as well, and then I need to, above all, I need to trust God, trust very God good. in the process. Very good, right? Because He's the one; He's going to save, He's going to bring them to Him. Mm-hmm. He pursued me; He's going to pursue them.
5: And I, that's all I'll
8: say.
1: Well, that's a mouthful, <laughs> and that is so—that is so very much on point. You got to know, sweetheart, that, um, you know, and, and I always say this about, especially about me, nobody gave me a manual on how to raise children. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave me a manual on how to be a wife. None of oh. those things, you know, and I, and, and I had to start at a deficit because I didn't know God either. Mm-hmm. So, all of those factors combined. Is, is a is a, is a uh, a melting pot for Satan to get to working with the stuff, you know, and messing up some things. Anyone else? I don't
2: know if it's no one else.
1: Go ahead, Lizzie.
2: I want to piggyback on what Cheryl said, a couple of things. One is, you know, being the example, we first got to know how to be the example. Like you said, Nadine, we don't get a book of how-to on parenting, and we right. miss the part two. And that's okay if we show when we miss the mark we show them how to go run to Jesus right that you know and that so that's sometimes where we, we try to put a perfect front up so we don't show we're not vulnerable we're not transparent with mm-hmm. our children and let them know that we're not perfect but God is perfect. Yes, yes. we don't know to do that all we you know all the time. So that's the first thing I want to say and the other thing is you know, um, coming through your powerful, wonderful, transparent testimony told us that she was born in a abusive house or, you know, her, her, her had some challenges. And I always, um, when I talk to people about those kind of things, we're individual. God made us, I always say this, Nadine, you know, <laughs> he didn't make us dependent except for on him. He didn't right. make us independent. He made us enter, enter. And you know, there's plenty of scripture to back that up. You know, a quarter three is not um, easily broken, broken. to gather. He's in the midst. You know, he tells us work with each other, love each mm-hmm. other. So, having said that, when we're in relationships, and Common, you know, says she had some struggles, like we all have, just using hers because it's most recent. And when we have that, Common and I, or Common and your sister, we could be in the same household, experience the same situation and like Cheryl just said come up with two different ways of responding to it
7: yeah
2: so we can do all we can do to show um you know the kid our children the way but it's God who's going to take them through their own personal path because he knows them so much better than we can, we can ever know them, right? Absolutely. And the one thing that might drop me to my knees and say, Oh, Lord, what must I do to be saved? is not the same things that's going to drop my sister or brother to ask that same question and follow mm-hmm. God, right? Mm-hmm. Take up his that's right. So I think the most powerful thing I heard Cheryl say is we have to be the example and let God do the rest because we're not perfect. Number one, we ain't God, we're just mm-hmm. the, the vessel. That he used to bring forth his children, mm-hmm. just like we're his children. And so mm-hmm. I say that, like, don't beat ourselves up. You know, when we know better, we do better. We say that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but God knows all.
1: Yeah, he does. He knows.
2: And so when you know, a mistake we made, maybe in parenting or a misstep or something, it's it's okay. Can't we gotta let it go, turn away, like we say, and then show different. And that's a big thing. The transparent is be able to say, I messed up. Mm Yeah. Show them that God forgave us. And so, and then when they mess up, forgive them.
1: them. Yes. Right.
2: We know that even with God, we have consequences. So, you know, the kids got to have some consequences. But when we explain that process, then they yes. can better go to God when they're experiencing that process and not yes. be fearful or or um, discouraged, those kind of mm-hmm. things, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I'll say, you know, having a, a grown child. that's Well, they're <laughs> not a grown child. Yeah, it is my child, my baby, right? (laughs) But, you know, and just think about what you can do and, you you know, and Mm -hmm. so I had to let it go and say, you know what, things are as they should be. God got it. Amen. 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 Amen
1: And that is so true. You know, I myself, uh, and you all may have heard me say this about my children, that I am amazed that they came, that they are, you know, that they didn't come out you know, with crackpot heads like Mm -hmm. I had because what they went through, what they experienced as children, I wouldn't wish on nobody's children. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was really lost Mm -hmm. and they had a lost mother who wasn't really a mother. I was more like a friend than a mother, you know, Mm -hmm. but the thing of it was is I didn't know anybody. You know what I mean? I was really Mm -hmm. in the dark, like uh, Carmen was Mm -hmm. talking about that darkness. Mm -hmm. I was in it, thick, thick in it but i wanted to you know to to just say this to you, moms especially those of you who maybe you know have children that you know are still you know they're on their path like like alicia said god got them covered mm-hmm. because of you because yeah. of your faith you see but the point that i'm making is is that in spite of all the bad things that i did and bringing up my children uh they saw me fail they saw me smoke weed drink get drunk they saw me you know, uh, you know, parading them all up and down the street. It it was horrid, horrid that the the things that they had to endure. And even after I came to faith, they saw me fall. Mm -hmm. They, they, they experienced the whole gamut, Mm -hmm. but it was when God saved my husband, Mm -hmm. that they really were convinced Mm -hmm. that God is real. You know, uh, because once I came to faith, I did, you know, share with, they, as a matter of fact, they learned right along with me because we all went to the same Bible, Bible school and they had one for, you know, for every age range. But the miracle of life, they got to see in the how my husband changed. And when he changed, he went to each and every one of them in church service. Before all these, styles, we went to a mega church and and in and front of all these people, my husband went asked the pastor to let him apologize to our children mm-hmm. for the way that 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 he, that they that they came up because he was lost. Mm-hmm. He asked them to forgive him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm just telling you, God knew what he was doing in spite of the, all the stuff that had been done, all the bad seeds that had been planted, all the worst things that you could think of. That could happen to, to, to in, in young children's lives, God intervened and took care of our babies. Mm-hmm. And he will do that. Yes. Because First Corinthians said, God says, Your child is holy. They belong to me. Holy things are, are holy things are God's business. Yes. They're, they're, they're his business. And he told First Corinthians, because of your faith, I have sanctified your children. I set them apart from myself. Mm-hmm. And you turn them over, just like Alicia said, and you just have to relinquish your children at certain point. But you don't do it in a blind vacuum because we know how to study ourselves. Mm -hmm. We know how to feed ourselves and develop our spiritual growth. And we just need to ask God to show us, you know, how to do that with our children. Don't leave them trying to figure out stuff based on what they see on TV or what they watch on their phone. Mm -hmm. You know, as a matter of fact. That was one of, the, one of the very first commandments that God gave in our Deuteronomy 6.5. Listen, listen, O Israel. The Lord is, your, is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all mm-hmm. your soul, and all mm-hmm. your strength. Yes. And you yes. must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Mm-hmm. Repeat them again. And again,
3: mm-hmm. to your
1: children. Yes, yes. Talk about them when you are at home mm-hmm. and when you're on the road traveling, mm-hmm. yes. when you're getting ready to go to bed and when you're getting up in the morning. Now, mm-hmm. if that isn't thorough word, I don't know what is. That's but right. This mm-hmm. is what God instilled in the first church, mm-hmm. Israel. The very first commandment You've got to love God like that. Yes. Because if okay. you don't love him like that, you're not going to do none of this. See, <laughs> It's that love bond that God wants to have with us where we are just in so much love with him. We can't, we can't please him enough that we start pursuing what we know he wants us to do with our children. Anyone else?
3: I would like to say something as a non-parent. <clears throat> who's um, speaking? This is Tamara.
1: Oh, this hi, Tamara. You.
3: As a non-parent because I don't have kids um, but I listen and I pay a lot of attention um, and I I see that I see where parents struggle for any and whatever reason if it's just because they never had a good example of a good parent they started out too young or just that they are doing the best that they can because they're on their own and I think one of the things from a non-parent standpoint is it would be great um, to see more, like you said earlier, children say that they don't feel loved in the church, to have not just children's programs, but real interactions with kids. Like this is yes. not just, you know, they come in and they go to a children's program for Sunday school or for some Bible vacation. This is having a everyday or uh, more than week, more than once a week interaction where there are people involved in your kids' lives, mm-hmm. constantly reminding them. Of who God is and who whose they are, as far as you know, how much God loves them, yeah. creating children communities, ch- children populated communities where there's actual sports teams with the church, like the church has actual sports team, creating a um a league, a church league where the churches get together and they do make a habit of just the way that th- you worry about what your kids are being exposed to when they're going to school with friends who don't have parents who go to church or just friends who have a way different lifestyle. But you're creating the same environment that they have in school, but in church. And I know that not, and I think it's a, a, in, it's a matter of either having school at church, having a church that offers school, or just making sure there's more that the church can do for the kids. As much as they do outreach for the communities. what are they doing for the kids within their church? Mm -hmm. because like you said they get focused on the work they get focused on the programs and one of the programs is community outreach that's important but you still have to nurture your kids in the church you have to like your granddaughter said, remind them that they are loved and that you know there's room and places for them in the church there's love for them at the church there are people who are caring for them because you're going to meet like you said parents miss the mark. And while they're not always purposefully missing it, it's good to have someone to come in Mm -hmm. and help pick up the slack, the whole, it takes a village. So creating a community for kids, uh, actually within the church for kids, I believe it comes to, you know, that's one of the responsibilities that the church should take on. And it's easier said than done because I'm I'm not big on kids. But I got to tell you, they are hard to to manage. And when they're not yours, it is hard to understand them. And you don't if you weren't blessed with that mindset and that heart right. to rear right. someone else's children. I mean, and I say that as someone who who is praying consistently for God to continue to work in her, so that she can, so that I can adopt and and foster. Like I would like to foster kids mm-hmm. and adopt kids. So I want that heart to be able to loan out that love while they're with me and let them and love that, that hope that they can carry with them whenever they have to leave my home as foster kids but at the same time it would just be great for churches to start coming together and creating a community for kids where they're on sports teams together they're getting to know other kids within the church there's like-minded mm-hmm. people over those ministries who are yeah. making sure that the kids are counseled in a way where they just feel like they're talking to you know an adult who cares who's like a friend um being reminded that no one's perfect but god and that even this right. person that they trust is going to fail them at times not purposefully but just it's gonna happen i just think it it's just something to look at from a person who's not a parent but seeing kids you know seeing how kids act right. and react and not knowing who their parents are and it's like okay what are yeah. their parents teaching them you know what, what are their parents not teaching them and you yeah. don't want to be judgmental you
1: just want to be able to come in and help. And, yeah. and, help foster and you know kids what? And- I, I'm glad you painted that scenario because that, believe it or not, is what the the first church looked like. It was a familial setting. Mm-hmm. We've That's what I felt. We've, we've organized it now and separated, you know, and I, I know and most people don't feel this way, but I have... You know, I have a problem with these segmented ministries where people go off to themselves. All the single people are over there, and all the uh, you know uh, young women are over here. Because God intended to to, to the church to be like a family, yeah. like Everybody like is interacting together, together where the mm-hmm. children can actually see adults interacting in a Christian manner. Mm-hmm. With yes, issues. And they can they they're modeling for them to to see and and they learn from that but that putting them all into a room and like Mm -hmm. my my granddaughter said last week she says, mom that's all they do is this they don't ever ask us anything we can't talk Mm -hmm. they they can't express themselves And they do that to
3: make it easier for services for the, for the pastor services. So Uh kids aren't interrupting Mm -hmm. services Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like you said, creating a community where adults are involved. And it's like, just like at school, kids know their teachers, they have a relationship with their teachers because their Mm -hmm. teachers are involved in their, in in their daily life. Mm -hmm. So you're, you know, you're making sure that adults are actively involved in these kids lives. Right with the surrounding of other kids it's not just like Sunday kids school at church kids Sunday right. school it's right. literally them seeing mm-hmm. more than one adult and come in and be an example and show where we fall and show where we get
1: up community. I mean unity stuff mm-hmm. it's a yeah, community, community of adults separation <laughs> That's a right? it's were you saying something Alicia
2: oh but I think her Tamra's mom were you saying something ma'am I was just going to say I
6: wanted to comment briefly on that um, because in the late '90s, my church before I moved up this way in the late '90s, we got a pastor. Well, actually, my family and I got the pastor there because the other people didn't want him there. But we got a a pastor there that involved the children in all the different all the uh, processes of the church. Everything, you know, we had classes for the children. We had outlets for them we had recreation we had teaching and everything and um that was in the late 90s until the early 2000s I guess about 2004 I guess and it was it was very rewarding to us adults that worked with those kids Mm -hmm. you know we went out and got them brought them to church we uh, had them participate in everything Mm -hmm. we had special days for the youth And they, you know, we had them do all kinds of things and be a part of the church Mm -hmm. activities all the time. Not just on one Sunday at the month, but every Sunday they were involved and we had different programs for them. So, and it it worked real well with a lot of the children, you know, in that community because they were out in the country area. So it was really, you know, they loved it. They enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, that was one of the things um, one of my daughters was saying to me she said that the church had plenty of programs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's it's always stuff coming at them. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to listen. listen to them. They had yeah. yes, they had questions, they had mm-hmm. things that they wanted to express, you know, from, you know, but that wasn't it. You gotta, you, right now we're gonna do this, you know, and, and it's all mm-hmm. a lot of activity. You, know, you gotta involve yeah. them and let them do their input. Yeah. So what you're working with them,
6: what they need you to work with them for, you gotta let them put their
1: input in. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. And let them
6: ask
8: and let them ask the questions.
6: Because my right, right. granddaughter
8: yeah. was Ooh. was saying, Nadine, my daughter said the same thing. If she had a question about why aren't there dinosaurs in the Bible, you know, she, she wanted to know. Right. But no one, well, you don't need to worry about that. You know, and and so and so dismissing things that really she wanted to understand. Mm -hmm. And and so um, I think it's important, even though there's activities at the church, Mm -hmm. that there needs to be people who are committed to really letting these children learn about God and have and answer their questions about them and Mm -hmm. teaching them how to pray and how to 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 use God's word um, daily in their life, right? As mm-hmm. opposed to just, you know, yeah, you can memorize the scripture, who can get to the, you know, what is it, sword drills? You know, you can get that and do that. That's beautiful. But then help me when I walk out of this these four walls, mm-hmm. how am I gonna manage, you know, at school? Yes. my home life teaching them the 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 parents and the children how to do, live this out just like in Deuteronomy 6 five you were saying when you're talk about the talk about this when oh, when you're yeah. home, right really walking it out and living it and I think you know sometimes the church can't doesn't really help us in that way yeah. right and well you so know what I, what, I, what, I to
2: say, what I wanted to say early on is that you know, we as adults sometimes feel like Nadine, you've said it before, where um, we we. Church is set up that if we mess up, God's gonna come smack our hand. Right. And be in trouble. Well, how much more so does the kids feel? The children feel like that, mm-hmm. you know. I mean? mm-hmm. It's a place where you know they can't do wrong. They have to sit up straight. They have to, you know, act a certain way. And it's right. not. I'm gonna use the word fun just because mm-hmm. I don't have another word right now. Mm-hmm. But you know, and so we paint this picture of God being this God who gonna come and thump us. Mm-hmm. And so if we as adults have felt like that from time mm-hmm. to time, right. no, yes. yeah. absolutely you know the, the children feel like that all the more you know Not because good. we're always trying to because uh, we're guiding them right but i think two things i heard you all say love they mm-hmm. need to feel loved and yeah. heard. Mm-hmm. those two things love and hurt and if they are heard guess what they feel loved that's mm-hmm. right they, they have a voice and they feel like they matter yeah and and again that we're not always chastising them that we're fighting them in love we're listening to them. we're reasoning with them I will say this in my childhood that's what my father did God had him to at that point we had family meetings back then and I'm a little bit you know it's been wow but he would sit us down and let us have a say about what was going on in the household even when my mother and him separated we had sat down. I remember sitting around a little bar and he, he gave us a voice. And then right. they acted on, I couldn't choose who, whether I wanted to live with mom or dad. So you know what they did? They let me go to school with my dad in the regular house we were in. Mm-hmm. And my mom would pick me up when she got off work, and let me go home and spend the night with her. Drop me mm-hmm. off in the morning. I got mm-hmm. to walk home, walk to school with my neighborhood friends, mm-hmm. and so they heard me and mm-hmm. they they responded to that. That's what we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. how they feel yeah. loved. That's well, how they feel I, like I, they. I, matter. I, I, yeah.
7: I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a, a little U curve on this for us to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all I, I, the, I delighted everything everybody's saying, and, and Sister Tamara. I want you to know you can be my tightest two women in my life any day of the week because you got much stored up in you, my sister. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you. and your baby. I like to come rub elbows with you. Um, <laughs> and uh, so here's here's the thought that I want us to think about and ponder on. Everything that everybody's saying, I amen and amen. But what I'm hearing everybody say, uh, whether or not you realize it or not, the very things that are missing, Nadine's question at the beginning, what do you discern to be the greatest disconnect in raising godly children? All the disconnects you guys have identified, those are the same disconnects with our relationship with the father as adults.
6: Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. That's one yes. of
7: them. Exactly. So it's not like we got to identify new stuff. No. We have one father, father, the father, the godhead, God, father, god. Mm-hmm. What he has designed, he hasn't designed two tracks. Mm-hmm. He hasn't designed a track for kids, a track for adults. Come on now, Amen. He has designed. He is one God, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's right. Sense what he wants us to have, us meaning his creation, mm-hmm. adults, kids, babies, how right. that looks, maybe, you know, a little bit different, but but make no bones about it, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So. We're missing relationship. That's what I'm hearing y'all say. Kids aren't listening. We aren't connected. You're talking about relationship. Yeah. We don't have to produce it, whether you have a great set of parents or not so good set of parents. That's not the model. The model is looking at how does God, the father who is parent, that's the model. He's got yes. all kinds of, it's an open book test. And I know as, as a parent, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know the Lord. I hadn't uh, come to save in faith when I raised my kids it wasn't into the hard, hard teenage years, but uh, that's why I got all this gray hair, y'all. <laughs> I never recovered. <laughs> but but he really does give us a model, mm-hmm. understanding the relationship. So when we deviate, if something is missing, I mean, our kids are no different. They're sinless, yeah. just like us. So what's the, what's the remedy for sin? It's the same. The answers are the same. But as parents, I think we just get a little bit caught off guard, whether you a staunch christian or you you've been walking with the lord Mm -hmm. um maybe we just get a little bit off off pace in terms of wait a minute god got a thing or two to say about how he wants his children adult big kids middle kids baby kids how he wants that relationship and how he wants him to be the idol of their heart and the foundation established and everything else you know not perfectly but everything else starts to follow in suit Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, okay. I think I mentioned uh, when Jan was doing the teaching on repentance uh, early on, how we grew up in a culture that has a punitive mentality. Yes. In yeah. other words, yeah. you're going to be punished. You know, yeah. you did something wrong. So, yeah. you know, whatever it is like that. And I know that there's a there's a place for for how that can work. But uh, uh, punitive actions without guidance and direction yes. are counterproductive. Yes. Yes. it yeah.
7: doesn't produce yeah. fruit it and produces- god god you're right and god, and god doesn't do that that's nothing at all about god's um his 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 director it ain't that's nothing right. about that it's that's always right. corrective it's always love so you're right yes. somehow culturally we have uh even what we call god and how we view god we've created our own set of standards and definitions. Yes. Yeah, yes. we do
8: that because we want control. We're trying to control a situation. Yes, control yes. Control the lives of our children. Yes. So I think Carmen posted it, parents use God to correct their, cho- their children,
5: driving fear right. instead of love.
8: I mean, yes. they like are looking for control. Yeah, And, and so,
5: and what I used to do as a, as a youth leader is, you know, it was always, you know, the parents, the parents, the parents. What I did was I said, you know, I would teach them you know, more about what God was about. He was about, mm-hmm. showing grace. he was about love and you have to show your parents grace just like they, just like God shows you grace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have to build the children up and it is okay if you see your your parents you can show them what God looks like you can take the Bible to them and say hey mom let's read this scripture together and I was you know driven by by God to say it's okay to tell them that they can they can be the light in their home it's okay because they're the child and not the parent to go home and help the, the household to mend that household and i was just like right. so when you're trying to figure it out now, but god just led me that way and i just kept going that way
1: yeah and you yeah. know but, uh, we're getting down to the wire here but uh one of the things that I, I definitely don't want us to be remiss about understanding is that in each one of our situations wherever we are in our development and our relationship with our children it's going to take Prayer, yes, yes. yes. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just all sold on prayer. I mean, mm-hmm. that's almost like the miracle, the miracle bullet uh, <laughs> that that helps. Because uh, as many of you know, you know, when my mom died when I was very young, and I was wild, I, I went, that's the way I was. But it was my mother's prayer that God heard that got me. So, I didn't believe in God. So you Mm -hmm. see, I'm just saying all this to say that that's the kind of stuff prayer does. Yeah, that's why I've asked. um, I've asked uh, Susan, uh, who she's one of our our moms, um, Appalachian Regional Team uh, prayer warriors and moms in prayer. And so I've asked her to come join us tonight. Uh, Moms in prayer has a distinct focus on praying for our children and their Mm -hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. But they are committed. I mean, it's like a level of commitment that I've never I had never seen anywhere else before. Mm-hmm. But one hour every single week, mm-hmm. these women come together and they bombard heaven for their children. Mm-hmm. So Susan, could you just please just say a little bit about yourself and then give <laughs> us a closing prayer, darling? <laughs>
0: well ladies thank you i uh with you i i most of you tamra thanks for sharing that you weren't a mom but that means we've been praying for you Mm -hmm. um yeah i am a mom and uh have done a lot of things incorrectly and and my children are the result of that and they're not following the lord but um one of the reasons i'm still praying 25 30 years later every single week committed to prayer as nadine said is because because the only thing I know is God's word will not return void. I'd like Amen. all things for my children here, Ooh. but actually he's given me the biggest need of my life. And that is that I need to see them in heaven with me. Okay. And I don't see that okay. yet. And so I can't get up off my knees and that's where Amen. I stay. Yes. And um, yes. Lord, I mean, I'm just listening to us all. And certainly, you know, as you've said, it's it's that relationship. Thank you, Janice. It's that relationship God wants with us, and that's that's really where we where where I would just leave us. You know, mm-hmm. Lord, help us, help us, Lord, each yes. one of us to long that we would know you more and more and more and more. Yes, Lord. And in the midst of our lives, you you've actually ordained every one of our steps. We are the clay and you are the potter not one thing has taken place in any one of our lives that is is actually outside of your sovereign rule and sovereign control and even as i as we just kind uh, go our way tonight thank you lord for the for the dialogue for the hearts here the hearts here for their For children, that these children would grow up knowing they are Mm -hmm. loved by a Father God Mm -hmm. in heaven who longs not only that they would see good things on this side of heaven, but that they would be with Him forever and for all eternity. And so I do pray Mm -hmm. that this generation that we are even hoping for, the generation, the next generation, that they would be open their eyes would be open they would be turned sure. from darkness to yeah. light from the yeah. power of satan yeah. to god yeah. and that yeah. truly they would be brought into um the kingdom of god because they have yeah. repented yes. of their sins and mm-hmm. um long to be with him forever so lord we pray and hope May the God of hope, Lord, um, fill each one of these ladies with all peace and joy as they trust in you so that they would overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That would be my prayer this night. And I just say, thank you. Thank you for this ministry. We overcome. God, We the victory is yours in, in Jesus,
7: name. Jesus' name.
1: In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you Amen. so great, Thank thanks. you. Thank, Thank you all. I really Thank appreciate you your, your wisdom and your sharing, and hopefully mm. you'll be able to join us next week when we will actually hear from the young children. We'll let, let, love let that. hear their okay. hearts and give them an opportunity to share. Amen. Okay. All right. I love you all. Thank Thanks, you for joining ladies. us. Thank, Thank you for yes, nice. Bye. 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 Bye Hey, Carolyn. Bye. Bye. Bye.